guys. Welcome back to Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today's another great day for an interview. I've got Nicole Clement with me. Nicole is a woman who has had enough of the bullshit. Now, we all have enough of the bullshit. Uh, there's so much bullshit around us. I mean, yesterday, my day at work, oh, God, that word came a lot out. But no, she's not an expert in, in my work or any other work. No, she is an expert in getting rid of the bullshit, that little bullshit voice that keeps talking in, the, in, your, in your head. And that often comes, you know, was born at a very early stage in our lives, those kind of really deep, deep, deep uh, core beliefs that are often such a heap of baloney. But we are not even aware of that because they're now subconscious and they, they, unless you actually do some, some pretty good work and actually explore that, they will forever be talking, talking, talking. And I've got an expert here to deal with that. So it's cool. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on to my show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> an absolute pleasure. Nicole, uh, how did that go? So, so you one day sort of you went to your mummy and said, Mummy, I know what I want to become. I want to become an, a bullshit expeller. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. No, it didn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> so how did it start? It actually kind of went a bit bit harder. It was not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what did you want to become initially? And then what did you become? Initially, I actually thought about this the other day. So when I was, I remember I wanted to become a pilot. That was one thing. And then, Excellent. but that kind of idea pretty much flipped pretty quickly because of my eyesight. I've been told very early on, you can't do that, which usually kind of does the opposite thing. I try to do whatever I've been told not to do, so, <laughs> yeah. um, which tells you straight away what kind of person I am. <laughs> and, um, and then I actually realized, I because I forgot it for a while, I actually wanted to become an archaeologist because uh, mm -hmm. I like life, I like history. I like digging into stuff and um, figuring stuff out. And in a way, now I became an archaeologist, more or less, in digging what is kind of going on in the human mind and in human behavior, right? I just don't need to go 5,000 years back. Mm. <laughs> 50 sometimes is enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's what they say. My body is a temple. Yeah. In my case, my temple is just rather old and has somewhere <laughs> probably a really dodgy dungeon in its, its yeah. back up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's got, no, let's not go there. <laughs> we could talk for half an hour. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> so, Nicole, here you were the, at the archaeologist, and that didn't really work out. So, what did you become? Um, I became a manager for an international tech company at the end of the day. So it, it did a bit of a zigzag, but that was the final kind mm. of um, career that I had. Mm. Um, and then at some point I became a coach. Um, mm. but, but that is the interesting thing because they were your own beliefs, their, your own core beliefs and belief systems that were driven. You wanted to prove yourself and you became yeah. a managerial person. Um, so a corporate letter, I guess, was begging there to a certain degree. And I know that that it was not a small company no. that you uh, were a part of. So you were a kick-ass lady, okay? You are a go-getter. Yeah, I'm a go-getter. 
I love that actually. And that was my identity for a long time. And I, um, so a go-getter, but also with, and you addressed this a bit, right? We have these beliefs and we have these things. Um, in my case, I thought I had to prove something. That's definitely one of my driving forces. The other thing is also the good old German belief, work hard, forget to play about. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Just work. <laughs> Um, and and you will be rewarded, which I did. I mean, I worked very hard. I got nice rewards. It was a beautiful um, career. It brought me to, across the world into different countries. So I moved from Germany to Ireland to Argentina to the US. So the, I loved all that. Um, it was a beautiful, shiny object. That's another thing that you sometimes have shiny objects in syndrome. Right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and, and and I loved all the interactions. I loved all the people. I loved my job. And still, there was the moment when everything went downhill um, and when I actually burned out because I definitely had burned the candle on all ends, um, probably even from the middle. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of, in, in my way, it, it was a wake-up call where I had to look at my life and think yeah what brought you here will not get you further so <laughs> you need to change a few things mm. um and that always starts with yourself right I can't change other people as much as I want to <laughs> so I had to look at myself and see what is right and what is wrong for me and what do I really need and I um often say something that happened in so the burnout happens is kind of a sneaky thing that comes into your life right and it happens step by step and you do not even realize what is happening and but I remember in this process or in the time frame that I would say was leading to the absolute collapse at the end um, there was a moment I went home to Germany to see my family and also met a friend and she looked at me and she said Nicole what's going on and I lost it right and and I was completely shocked because I didn't know that I would lose it in that moment that was not the plan <laughs> 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 and I said to her something along the lines of Nicole equals work. There is nothing else left. And what it told me, not immediately, the weird piece is I didn't understand what I was saying at that moment. It took another couple of months. Um, but what I realized finally is that I had no other identity than my work anymore. Um, I didn't know what I liked doing. I didn't know how to spend time with, with friends anymore. And because of all the moves, right, you need to build, rebuild friendships often. Um, and you find you need to find your tribe and your people again. And while the company I've worked for, some of the people kind of went along the way and I had them, I know them for 15 years now, or maybe longer by now, but, and they are, and some of them are here as well, which, which was brilliant. And these, definitely these two that were here and that have been with me for a long, long time, um, they at one point said, Nicole, maybe you want to see a doctor. <laughs> the weird part is that I listened because I was so exhausted that I finally listened and literally went back and uh, um, made a doctor's appointment and then had the moment where I walked in um, and again lost it and I hate losing it really <laughs> so I started bawling my eyes out mm. and when I was finally done and told him the whole story he said Nicole Looking at all the things you told me, A, are you suicidal? And mm. B, you have a depression, right? Mm. Um, I could say, no, I'm not suicidal. That was the good part. Uh, but hearing you have a depression for a person like me is like, what is going on here? And at the same time, 
there was this moment where I said, there is a diagnosis. Mm. That means there's help. So it was like a burden fell off my shoulders Mm. with this kind of, which is weird, right? Because you're incredibly sad. You're fighting yourself. You do not recognize yourself. You're in an insane amount of pain, Um, emotional pain. The physical pain came a bit later, (laughs) right? You have all that. And then you you get this diagnosis, which is devastating on one end. And on the other hand, it just meant, I don't need to do it alone. There is help. And that was crucial for me. Wow. Wow, for a number of reasons. First of all, this could have gone very, very different at any one stage along these lines. Um, The sheer fact, and probably it has gone a bit different because that is your your story that A, you remember, and B, that you are now telling. Um, So there's always a little bit of a a bending of the truth. Um, My, I know exactly where you were. I know exactly the feeling when you have completely lost yourself. And when you, the first time someone asked me, well, who who are you? And and automatically, I'm a pain physician. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, who are you? You know, what do you do? Who who are you? I looked at this person and thought, what the hell are you on about? Uh I've just told you I'm a pain physician. I could only identify with my work at the end. And it was so nuts. And then when finally, when I had my burnout, and it was spectacular, uh, and crash, literally crash and burn, and, you know, hmm. uh, I was, uh, well, I stripped myself, or I was stripped off, I forgot to my profession. So I actually said, no, uh, I, I was stood down, and I was free for months, I was off work. And suddenly there was no more pain physician. There was no more nothing. And that was a huge void. There was hollow. I felt hollow. I felt empty. I felt, who am I? When you actually take away all the the hard work that you identified yourself with. And that emptiness was actually weird. That was, it was a painful feeling, Uh nearly a bit like grief. Yeah. nearly a bit like like a very strange sensation and it just shows how wrong i was in my own core beliefs yeah. did i have to prove myself to myself oh yes oh yes uh that is you already come to one of these reasons why we do what we do there's always if you actually go back to it it's amazing what would you actually come up with uh when you say well but why do you and then why do you why do you tell us more and actually once you start digging it's amazing most people don't dig therefore they never find out therefore they react to their environment they they react to others reactions rather than think okay what are my emotions driving my actions or and more importantly than the next step what are the the core beliefs that drive my emotions and that's i think the thing yeah i i think um because that was a big question that um i had for myself but also then being with friends and with clients um that are going through burnout um and some know it and want to stop it and some you see suffering for a very very long time and 
you want to intervene, but you know you can't because it's their journey in a way. And they don't hear you. You can tell them the same story. I didn't hear because I remember afterwards when I was at this doctor that he taught me the same thing six months before, right? And at least he taught me call the employee assist program. You need more help. And I didn't hear him. Right. I haven't heard anybody saying anything until this particular moment. Right. You can you can hear the message five million times and you only hear it when you're ready. Um, and that's something I have to acknowledge. Um, you only start digging when it when you really can't do anything else anymore. So in reality, both of us, we were in an abusive relationship with ourselves. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> That is just bizarre. But actually, the, mo the moment I've spelled it now out, I thought, hmm, that's actually <laughs> pretty much it, isn't it? You know yeah. it hurts. You know it's it's not good for you, yet you hang around. You you just... <laughs> And, and I really want to be careful. I do not want to really um, put blame on that, right? Because there's enough blame we already push on ourselves. Mm. Um, I think... Um, but but at the end of the day, it's right. We are in, in, in an abusive relationship with ourselves. I think it's a beautiful way of saying it, actually, uh, because it, it really brings home that the toxicity is kind of within us in a way and without knowing. Right. It's, it's, it takes a lot of work to figure out what is really not good for you. It's not somebody tells you, oh, do a bit of self-care, go into a bathtub and have a nice day at the sauna or the spa or whatever. This is nice. Don't get me wrong. I like all these things. But that's not self-care. That's not the work you need to do. That's a sugar coating of the self-care part. <laughs> right? I love the way you put that. I love the way you put it. But I didn't even put the Band-Aid on. I didn't, I didn't know. It was just all festering and pus dripping out. And, and I was, I was, I was under the belief that I had it all together. And probably yeah. people around me said, Stefan, what the hell are you doing? Oh no, look what I can achieve. Look what I can do. Uh, burning the candle. Yeah, that's me. And you actually glorify it. You glorify the 16-hour days that you're putting in. And then it's only natural that, of course, you need to decompress with uh, a little drink or 16. Um, <laughs> so did uh, you, so basically you're a go-getter. We have established that. There you were in your corporate world growing. Um, what was your role in the managerial side? I was a senior manager for mm. uh, uh, the customer service and advertising team for AdWords. Cool. Um, so we had um, the whole North America market. I built the market for South America. So I had a lot of uh, And I love, as I said, I love my job. Exactly. That was the best part, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly but right. It's such a, it's such a um, slippery thing in the way. Oh. And also one thing that I, which not in the moment, this is all hindsight, right? Um, I do realize that one contributing factor is actually um, culture that um, suddenly pushes you and meets you in a way that you're not used to. Oh. So we have established I'm German, so I have a certain kind of work culture. And then I came to the US. And while we all think, and I've worked for this company for 10 years until I came to the US or 11, I don't know. Um, and so I came to the US and I thought, because I knew the corporate culture, I would know the American culture. Uh. That was not completely true. <laughs> So, um, and 
while it seems they do work long hours, they actually have figured out how to put breaks in. So they went to the gym in between, they had their social networking events in between. Right. Um, they had all these things, but for me, it's kind of, I'm working with this mindset, nine to five, that's work. And then you go home, but the problem was I worked seven to 11, right? Exactly. <laughs> but with this kind of energy. Um, and, and I didn't understand that, that I was doing that and that this was not what, what needed to be done, actually. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing was, I realized in hindsight, which is one of my favorite stories, um, I usually would always say that's where my program comes from, the wisdom of saying no, right? I always thought I'm very good at saying no. That was my uh, persona. That's what everybody would have signed off on. Oh, Nicole knows her way. She knows what she's doing. She knows whatever. But suddenly I had 20 things on my plate. Uh-huh. And he had three things that I realized. And I think that are really, really important. One thing was I realized afterwards, way afterwards, that my way of communicating is very direct, right? And the English way, even in, in, in Ireland and so on, is more indirect. So I didn't hear a question anymore. My manager said something along the lines, and it's a very typical thing that you hear here. Oh, Nicole, you're so really good at this. I want you to take over this team, for example. So two <laughs> things, right? First, the ego stroke. I uh, love that. <laughs> yeah, I love the other thing, there is not an immediate question that I can say yes or no to. When you tell me I want you to take over or I want or, or I give you this team or this project, I do not see that I can no, say no to this. And then I observed a colleague who easily said no and I said, what the, is going on here? Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's when I started realizing something was different. And then I'm a really person. So when you, for example, asked me or even said to me something like, oh, we have somebody who's struggling. Can you support them? Even with a direct question or an indirect question, doesn't matter here in this context. Um, I'm a very caring, very people person. I want my team to thrive. So when you then ask me that, can you look after the second, the third, the fifth person that struggles? And I already have 10 of them. Um, it's really hard for me to say no. And I didn't know until I dig really deep and figured out how did this happen? Why did I have all these things on my plate? I'm good at saying no. No, that's right. That's right. Our beliefs, isn't it? But yeah. what drives you, that is, did you, did you go back in your life and actually figure out why you are the, the person, why you have got certain traits? It is, have you had a chance to, to explore why you are a yes-sayer, why you are a person who wants to please others and who constantly seeks confirmation, seeks, confirmation is the wrong thing, uh, to seek, a pr- to seek a applause so I'm, I'm lacking the words this morning but I'm, I guess the point is that you're that there is a reason that you are like that I would and, replace that a bit at least for myself um, hmm. because I don't think that I'm necessarily a people uh, pleaser that uh-huh. much but um, I do value certain things right uh-huh. so I do value um, as, and then that's kind of going back to I've been told you can't do this Right. And when I've been told I, I can't do this, then I need to prove somebody wrong. Um, and even if it's really just in my own mind, I needed to, for, in my eyes, I had to prove that I can have this kind of career. Not, I do not even know to what kind of person I needed to prove this. 
at the end of the day, that was just my journey. Right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but there have been incidents in my life where um, I've been told you can't do certain things. There has been an early work uh, experience where I was, um, how do you say, bullied, right, by my mm. boss, actually, at the time. So, and I had to, there, there was a very strong drive to show. I kind of worked first and then studied. Um, so that was already the first step into showing mm. I can do it because mm. I've, I've been to, not to, to the gymnasium, but I've been to uh, what we call the Realschule. The Realschule. <laughs> so, and, um, so in, and then in order to study, you need to do some very big extra steps. Um, and I had to show this. Right. That's just, I have no idea where that is coming. In a way, I do, I think it's a bit of a family trait and the stubbornness is definitely there. But um, so... <laughs> But that is kind of part of the journey, I think. Um, and the other thing is um, me being raised as um, you need to take care. At the very least, I always say the first thing I've heard when my sister was born, you need to take care of your sister. <laughs> right. Not 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 in, in, a, in a caring way, but I couldn't go kind of against her in a way. It's she's your little sister. You need to look after her. Um, so that's how I remember it. There was not necessarily immediate pressure on me. I love my sister dearly. Right. Uh, but there's this this idea that because you're the older one, um, you need to you're responsible. I have a huge responsibility complex. Mm. So, <laughs> so, so when somebody seems and appears to be in trouble or I really do not want to say weaker because that's a label and they are not weaker than I am, but, but they, they, they seem to be in an unjust situation. I jump in and fight for them sometimes. And that's not the best thing to do, but it is what I kind of do. Um, and I had to learn not to particularly because that's not the way you work with your clients, but um, that's something that was a huge driver for me, I would say. Isn't that strange? I recognize myself so much in you. And it is bizarre to hear your words because they, they actually uh, pretty much are or were some of the core beliefs that were driving me without me knowing why. Protecting others to, to be the hero for them and not necessarily in a negative way, but actually there to be the the. the Knight in shining armor, who who rescues the damsel, yeah. and um, that was me. And maybe that was a good thing because I um, that made me a really a very empathic doctor and a very very a person who was always trying to do the best, mm -hmm. not realizing that in the process I was burning out and that I was actually uh, going going against huge systems where I never had a chance to win, to actually alter uh, the facts that there's not enough money around, the facts that people were not getting the resources that they needed, the facts that uh, some organizations tried to get rid of the, the cases that were um, just too hard to deal with uh, or etc. And so I was fighting for never for myself I was fighting always for others but fighting battles that I was bound to lose and it was some very very bizarre core beliefs there How very very interesting there fighting the battles for others um 
and this, this, is, this is the weird thing with this saying no stuff, right? Because I was in so big of a fighting mode and my persona was, even sometimes people told me, Nicole, you're intimidating. And I said, what? So, <laughs> I, I, but that, I is, that is us Germans. That is us Germans showing love. That's what I like that. Yeah. And I show your love this way. You will do it this way because I love you. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it was, um, it was, for me, it was a total surprise when I heard it the first time. And then I don't mind being intimidating when I'm fighting, right? And when I think there's something right and I want to go after something. Um, sometimes it's highly useful to have that. However, what I didn't realize that I wasn't doing the fighting for myself. I, I could fight for everybody else, but I didn't fight a binge for me. <laughs> You're so right. You're so bloody right. Oh, God. So when did that realization come in? How did that how did that work that you suddenly said bang? Where did that breakthrough come from? When when the pain happened. <laughs> okay. So come on so, tell us more. Tell us more about that because here was Mrs. Go-getter. I kick yeah. ass. I am it and I've got a German personality. So yeah. go get her on steroids, okay? Yeah. So move over. <laughs> so, so that yeah. was that was the fighter in you. Yeah. And then the universe gave you the burnout. Yeah. And then the universe had another idea and said, look, she is still not listening. Look at her. Look at her. <laughs> what did they come up with those powers to be? Yeah, I think you need to keep me. Uh, I mean, I call it um, the, my my universe had me suddenly rendered speechless, motionless, and, and unfortunately also emotionless mm. uh, for a moment because I didn't really feel anything. I was really numb, right? I mean, on one hand, there was this huge pain and this huge sadness, but it felt so numb and so, as you said earlier, so numb and so foreign and so weird. And there was this persona suddenly taking over my life that I didn't recognize and also couldn't really stand. So, and and then I had the diagnosis and luckily, because I am a, definitely a lucky person, um, things fell into place and I was taken out of work already. Right. So I, I found a very great therapist and my ask was, I don't want to have medication because I do know a bit why it's coming or why this is happening. Um, there was a particular trigger that also happened in between. And uh, and I, I asked, can I get, get some time off? And I definitely want to have a therapist to talk to. And so I got this. So I was already out, but I was still kind of going in a way. I was still kind of filling my days with trying to figure out who I am and what do I like. So I did cooking. I, I like, I, I know and like how to cook. I know all these things, but still I went to cooking classes. I did all the oh. art stuff that I haven't done forever. Right. And, and, and so, so which meant I was still busy kind of not thinking too much about what is going on. And then my body said, you know what? You're still not listening. I give you a herniated disc on top of this. You are now lying down <laughs> with enough pain <laughs> and enough time to think. So, and that's when slowly but surely, with the help of many, many people, definitely a therapist, a physical therapist, a chiropractor, a pain uh, uh, doctor, <laughs> all these things, um, with all that, I started kind of digging deeper. I already had, one thing I did um, already in Google, I already coached people, mm. mainly in, in career advice and career development. Uh, mm. But I knew that this was my, my, my passion and this is what I wanted to do. So I already 
within a weird way in this period, I already signed up for the coaching certification because I saw the writing on the wall mm. in a way I saw that I couldn't stay in my job and I actually didn't want to stay in my job anymore. That became relatively clear. It just took a year of grieving and finally saying goodbye. Um, and so in this time I started doing my certification and I work with other coaches and I've learned so many things. And that's when, when you do go through a coaching certification, you actually get a lot of attention towards yourself and you need to do the work with yourself first before you do it with others. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of people kind of surrounding you um, and supporting you, um, which is actually a really, really good thing. And that's when you learn a few things about yourself, a few truths that you do not necessarily always immediately like. <laughs> so true. So true. Because guess what? You're building up this facade, this persona for others to see. Sometimes various personas, various masks that we put in front of our face. And we are so good in, in pretending to be these people that we even even fool ourselves that you're actually really yeah it's like like a multiple personality disorder so you're switching from one to the other uh depending upon what the circumstances are uh and in reality you have not just yeah well you have lost yourself you actually have no clue who you are and then suddenly you actually go for work like you have done or what i've done in rehab and afterwards and suddenly there are a lot of huh, and often moments. Um, so argh, hard, hard, hard work, yeah. yet so beautiful work. How, when you had your burnout, was there a gratitude there that you said, finally, I can admit that enough is enough? Or was guilt and shame initially stronger and and tried to convince you that you're the biggest failure uh, that, that lives on this earth i would say it comes in waves and goes in circles mm. you have that all all the time um i how should i say this so um have you ever heard about the enneagram tell us even if i oh. have tell us explain it to us <laughs> So the Enneagram is a kind of personality tool. It's not like Myers-Briggs or the others. It has a bit more, it's, it has more dimensions. And in, in a very brief way, there is something in the Enneagram that I really like. It talks about the head, heart, and the body types. Um, and the body type, for example, has anger associated with it. And I'm a body type and definitely no anger. Um, and the heart types have shame associated with them. And the head types have fear associated with them. So, um, and even if you do not know anything about the Enneagram, these three things for me became very interesting to look at and to understand myself. So that's how I started connecting with myself because my, I could, when you said earlier, you felt um, shame or certain things, I didn't feel, I couldn't describe my feelings. I couldn't name my feelings. The only thing I could say, say I couldn't say I'm afraid. I couldn't even say, I was, I was too exhausted to be angry. And anger is a really big uh, energetic emotion in me, yeah. right? So anger, I can feel from my toes to my head and exploding. It gets really hot, really like a lava stream, right? So, um, but I, I it really, I was too exhausted to be angry. 
and I couldn't name any other emotion. So I didn't know. And then there, there are these people telling me, but you have emotions. And I said, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but what uh, I could recognize is the sensations in my body. Uh -huh. so, like I just said, it was the anger. When you feel the anger boiling, coming up with all the energy through your body. That's something I recognized. Uh, and then at the same time, um, at some point, I recognized the sadness. I recognized the tears, definitely. But I didn't really recognize the sadness in there. I was really uh -huh. angry at my tears. I couldn't believe that I was crying like a baby every single day when I drove to work, right? Because that's what happened. Um, and so there, there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of guilt. I wouldn't have called it shame at the same time. At the time, I do because I do not really know how shame works. Um, but guilt is definitely there. And nowadays, there are moments where I say, oh, yeah, I was actually also pretty ashamed. Um, and then later on came all the other stuff. Um, but yeah, but it's it's not that I knew it's it's hindsight that I knew that I felt this. And it's then going through my body again that I know that I felt this. I love it. I love it how you describe that because you feel something, you feel a feeling. And nowadays I can put names to it. Now I can, nowadays I recognize them uh, for what they are. But when you're, when 10 years back, as you describe it now, these were foreign things. Yeah. Um, certainly when it came to me, yeah. I was very good in seeing things in others. I could diagnose a depression a mile off in anyone that's walking through my door. Um, so it is, I was very good with patients with diagnosis, <laughs> with myself. No, 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 I'm all, I'm all good. I'm all good. I see my ass. Oh, it is so bizarre the moment you, you spell it out, but I love the way you put it there. Um, and it was uncomfortable feelings, feelings or uncomfortable things in me that I hated. So how did you try to numb them? How did you go about dealing with those things that you didn't like? Good thing I had to have that pointed out to me that I was numbing. <laughs> so one thing is I do start playing on my video games or games on my phone. That's a, uh, I call it actually going into my cave, which is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time mm -hmm. for my personality. But um, when I go into my cave, I actually disconnect and I communicate. I do not communicate anymore, mm -hmm. which is really bad when you're still at the office and have a team to lead. So, <laughs> so um, so that happens. And then I read a lot. I'm very, very curious. So I, when I read too many books, I start, need to start questioning, at, at least at once, I need to start questioning what I'm doing. Um, and why uh, I'm doing. Okay. So playing games, the books is the getting weirdly active in, in ways that I haven't had before, so that you do not need to think and feel about yourself. Um, <laughs> definitely avoiding certain situations or yeah. certain people. Um, can can be also um, a signal for me by now. By now, I know. I didn't know at the time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I deal with this. And, and one thing to your point, um, what I've learned over time is naming your emotion, at uh -huh. least very specific, is very important for your healing process. Uh -huh. Because when you, the, the more you can do that, uh -huh. the more you're aware of where what you're feeling and where in your mm. body is manifesting, the easier it's actually getting to mm. uh, acknowledge this and work. Because the system that we have, right, helps a lot to um, 
to give us information that we need mm. something different. Mm. And this is how I work nowadays. I pay a lot of attention to um, my, where, my, where the tension is in my body, mm. um, where when I feel kind of this, you know, when you're in a dis uncomfortable situation, you feel this churning in your stomach and mm. you have thought this in the past, you shouldn't ignore that. Mm. <laughs> um, this is how um, I learned and how I know by now what, what mm. is happening. You're referring now more or less to, to the present time with all your work that you have done on yourself, how you recognize what was going on. When you were in the midst of it, um, any large organization has, especially in the United States or in other, other cultures where there's work, 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 there's also play, 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 uh, and often in, in a quite a brutal way. Would you like to have a bit of cocaine with your fries or uh, what about, you know, what do you mean you're having coffee? That's come here. Take that. Those tablets, they will really kick your ass. Come on. Let's do a meeting. That's a meeting. Why are you so, so slow? Um, okay. So was that never a temptation for you? No, I'm pretty naive in this regard. Um, I do not like to drink uh, necessarily. I have never had any kind of drugs. Um, so, okay. which is, um, I remember that I, when I, when I was around 12, I think I tried my first cigarette and immediately we, we sneaked it out of my, my, uh, aunt's, um, package. And you remember Ernte 23? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they're really it's rough. The, it's yeah. some of the worst stuff you can ever try in your life, I think. So, and I remember afterwards thinking, oh, um chocolate is better or something so drugs were not really my thing um luckily i would say mm. coffee definitely is eating definitely is mm. so i can uh, look at how i'm eating or what i'm eating sometimes as well but in the time it's really weird because i i detach so my biggest thing is i i detach from from people and go as i said really into my cave and i'm mm. gone I'm, I become pretty invisible um, and I do not know how to explain that or see that. No, it is. I understand it very well. And I accept that for what it is. And I actually allow myself to do that. And yeah, nowadays, that, nowadays it is a conscious decision. And like, uh, you know, there are, there are times during the day when I'm, most of the time I'm productive as hell. This next... And then there comes a time in that day where suddenly I walk literally into a wall, bang. And then you just I recognize, okay, right, have I drunk enough water? Have I, yes, I've had far too many coffee as it is. Um, have I eaten something? Yes, you have. And you just have to admit that your brain is saying, oi, give me a break. And then out comes mahjong or whatever the, the game on your, on your, on your, on your phone is. And that gives me those five minutes of break, those yeah. five minutes or 10 minutes where I can just say, wind down for a bit, okay? This is now your own protected time. So I look at it positively. I've made a deal with myself that I will not purchase anything on any of these online in-app purchases um, because that is a bit of a tempting. Oh, it's just $2.99. Oh, look, special offer, $6.99. <laughs> Several hundred dollars later, you think, what the? What hair now? <laughs> so, no, you're quite right. So, 
it's interesting how your life developed and how your um, your release valves work. Uh, very different release valves than I chose, i.e. alcohol in my case. Alcohol was very powerful in helping me deal with those weird things called emotions that I couldn't label at the time. I just felt uh, it felt feels so bad and so painful. I want to numb that feeling. That was really on a on a subconscious brain level. That was where I was rewarded with a huge dopamine rush every time I had one, two, three glasses of wine. And dopamine is that good feel, good feel hormone, and this wave of relief powering over me. Ah, oh, beautiful. I like how you you kind of say this because I'm just wondering what this dopamine thing was for me right because it was it was definitely not not drugs or so but there must have been something that kept me going mm. i actually do not fully know what kept me going so <laughs> apart from maybe yes the coffee and and, yeah. and whatever yeah. right but it's it's a brilliant question and i will ponder that one for a couple of days <laughs> <laughs> see guys that is what happens when you have a true and honest conversation with someone. Um, and it doesn't matter who this person is, where this person is. Nicole and I have met today the first time. And here we are actually exploring things that probably our partners not necessarily know, you know? And it is, okay, who? Oh, wow, I've never thought about that. Now that's connection. And that's the opposite of mental health. That's the opposite of addiction. So that's so beautiful. That's connection. And to actively listen and to actually say, huh, interesting. And when you actually get into that, that mode of this active listen and really listen to someone, not just trying to immediately spout your own opinion out, but as you say, listen to their side of the story. Wow. That's where actually the, the cool shit happens. And that's so good when you actually do that, actually, in, 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 the, in a business setting, when you do that in a private setting, when you try to, to say, okay, listen to what the other person is actually saying. Yeah. Listen to what the other person is not saying. Um, try to get an idea. And then suddenly, and then if you if you go from a from a, a point of view of okay, what is our commonality? What is what is the common ground that we've got, even if we are miles apart in our opinions, yeah. then suddenly ma absolute massive change can occur. And it's beautiful. And sometimes exactly this process you need to do with yourself. Okay. <laughs> so there's this Mr. Completely self-destructive, mad, uh, in the hamster wheel. Come on, go faster, 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 faster. And that's that's me in, in in really heading for burnout. Okay, so what do you mean I need to sleep? No, 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 no. That's what coffee is there for. And then the other guy over there who says, but, 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 you know where that leads to? Stop whining, bitch. And it is that kind of, it's just rubbing the common ground, find yourself. So ultimately, there's so much gold in our interview today, guys. This is, and if you if you guys recognize yourself, congratulations, congratulations, because you've just made the biggest breakthrough because you see that, ah, actually, yeah, that fits for me and allow that to, to, to sit there for a bit and actually accept 
that it's okay not to be okay. Yes. How, how nice is that? And because only then can you take action. Can you go out there and do something about it? Uh, and the first thing is, I guess, to a certain degree, you, you half a step you have already done because you're listening to that interview. Okay, you're listening. You are here with us, and you have listened to Nicole, and and, and you see, okay, shit, they both have been a bit in trouble, haven't they? They both are a bit. Um, but at least they seem to get their shit to have gotten their shit together. So Not question every day. Is, oh yeah, true, 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 true. We can still pretend. Come on. No, I, I, in no, by no means have I got my shit together, and I'm so glad about that because I get to learn more every day. I get to explore myself more every day, and I've done that since rehab. So that's about eight years now, um, and in those eight years certain challenges reappear. There will be people who do stupid things at work. There are conflicts due to personalities where you can't do anything. Now in the past, I somehow would have, would have considered myself, oh, I need to fix that. Nowadays, sometimes I'm, I'm fixing it. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes, um, hey? Question for you, um, because I have a way of doing this and I would love to know how you're doing this. So when you find yourself right in these moments where you fall into old habits, <laughs> how do you experience them nowadays and how do you manage to change? With a different or a kind of re reply in a different way than before. I recognize them and I immediately think, oh, that's interesting. And I say, uh, more or less consciously, thank you very much for telling me, because what they tell me is that I have do and that I'm have done that. To be fair, I have done something wrong. Let's say, for example, the thought of oh, I could do with a glass of wine, and you sort of get that. Now that thought, in its own right, doesn't scare me anymore. Mm -hmm. It is a message to me to say, Stefan. Actually, have you slept well? Oh, no, actually, I, I burned a candle again, left, right, and center. Um, have you drunk water or fluids? Um, a bit behind. Um, have you eaten healthy? Yeah, I've had a muffin. Mm, okay, come on, <laughs> get real. So that's that. So nowadays, such emotions of, or flashes of not nice behavior or good for me in my job, a loss of empathy when a patient really starts pissing me off um, that basically needs it's immediately ringing a bell um, and I I see that as a message from my body to say look there's something not wrong here not right here please can you can you just step back for a moment and have a look at the whole situation yeah. that is how I respond nowadays um, I still allow the emotion the wave to wash over me. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I had to deal with a patient who was pressing all my triggers, every single one of them. And first of all, you have to admit one in 10 people have personality disorders. They are the jerks out there. And there are some people, you know, the one in 100 who are real assholes, um, uh, psychopaths, sociopaths, etc. And you have to accept 
these people are out there. So first thing that then happens is, okay, is that an asshole? And in this case, yeah, not really, not really. He was, he was, he was just, he was himself. <laughs> it's just, he triggered me. And so then I actually said that to my team. I really said, okay, I need to really keep myself in check here because it's not, um, it's, it's not his problem. He's triggering with something in me. So therefore I had to think and I had to take a few deep breaths. Really, really just literally remove myself a bit from the whole situation for a bit, uh, calm down, let these waves of emotions simmer down because that's what they are. There's waves of neurochemicals washing over my brain. Um, and those like a wave in the ocean, it comes and it goes, that's it. And that's exactly what I allowed myself to do. And then I could look at it uh, objectively and could figure out, okay, him an asshole, maybe a little bit, me an asshole, yeah, that's where it is. And okay, so that's how I work with it nowadays. I take these negative emotions as signs that I need to pay attention to something. And I think, Mm. yeah, I I would absolutely underline that and and say, yes, same here. Um, One of the things that I um, figured out in a way is I call it, I put myself into observer mode. Mm. I suddenly get out of my, let's say, physical experience and kind of put this this step in and say, what's going on here? And that is something I wanted to add because you said it so beautifully, is this, be curious about yourself, mm. your, your emotions, your body is already telling you a lot of stuff, right? Mm. You said your emotion of anger or of who is this and it's triggering me is, is there. And, and that's a beautiful information. That's what if emotions do for us. They have an information for us. Uh, and the same is that when, when I feel, for me, it's often I feel my shoulders going up, right? And I say, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> right? so that's one. That's one. It, it's so good to know and 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 know your your kind of signals that uh-huh. that you have every day with you and then you also said it so nicely because i love this is this taking the deep breath taking the pause and remove yourself from the situation because you need that i call this the space mm. um you need to create that space in mm. order to not just react in old habits, but really go into something new and do something different. Because otherwise you might have been screaming at the patient and he didn't know where you were coming from. <laughs> right. So true. And guys, it's a, it's easy to do that. Yeah. You can apologize yourself and say, sorry, I need to go to the toilet. I'm very sorry, too much coffee. And go. Yes. Okay, that's five minutes. By the time you've walked there, have a pee, take a few deep breaths in the toilet and then come back out. Bingo done does that so there are ways that that you can in the orient in the oriental world safe face uh, and that is that is exactly what we try to do and it's not fair sometimes that my own emotions uh, reflect back onto the patient and that's not fair just as much as as a mum exploding towards the children or towards her husband um is you know not fair um we did that my wife and i did that for the better part of 25 years um maybe 20 years call it that we are now just married 25 and the first 20 oh boy uh she had a shit day i would come home 
wang straight in my face. I would have it all, her anger, etc. And when I started challenging her after rehab, she sort of said, but you're the only person where I feel safe that I that I can actually uh, be angry with. So be glad. It's a sign of love. And I thought, oh, great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> the, the, the problem is uh, not a problem. The, the, the solution came when I changed my behavior. And it was exactly during a fight with my wife where after rehab, where I suddenly had like an out-of-body experience where you've described it to where I actually I suddenly was up there and I saw the two of us fighting and I saw myself suddenly shutting up and I said look I just need to leave this room for a moment is that okay my wife didn't know what to say she was sort of uh, 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 but but we were about to kill each other and then it, uh, I just walked out, I think, at that moment. But it was the first time that I had experienced that, literally like an out-of-body experience. And I went out, took some time out, came back. And I think that was the first time that we actually started talking about our emotions, feelings, etc., and how we respond to things. Fast forward five, eight years now, um, it is virtually impossible for my wife and me to fight. It's yeah. from now and then we have got bad emotions, but yeah. Um, but fighting the way we have done in the past has probably not happened for five years. And that's just beautiful because we know where the triggers are. We know what is happening in us. We pay attention to those things that set us up in the wrong way. So there's a lot of prevention going on uh, from the word go that. Uh, that my wife gives me some room. She knows when are the, the most vulnerable times from me, when I can't deal with challenges. When I, after a long day at work, I just walk in. And in the past, she would have immediately dumped everything that is wrong uh, at my feet. And I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. <laughs> and I, <laughs> fuck off, <laughs> honestly. So that was that was the, the bad time for me in the past. Nowadays, I come home, she gives me a kiss and said, well, look, you've been working hard. I was okay today. I've cooked dinner. Why don't you just take it easy? She doesn't even need to say. She has this quiet understanding that I will just now take 10 minutes out yeah. and actually just <laughs> come home, literally. And that's so beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. Can but, I use that actually to move into a slightly different topic? Because should. you reminded me of something that I really want to acknowledge is relationship in burnout and what happens with our partners and what they actually need to go through in a way with us they and they are not asked right but one of the things I've recognized and you might have had the same um and I've heard people even asking me so I've been approached by people and saying how did you go through this how did this affect your relationship and there is a moment or there was a moment where I thought if I start changing my relationship might break maybe I lose my oh. there's a lot of fear I think I hear a lot of people having that fear if I start changing if I start developing if I go further oh. my relationship might uh, not go along with me and that that might be true, but most of the time it's not. 
not. Um, and I think what, and then they are afraid if they suddenly change behavior, <laughs> that the other person would not react. But exactly this behavior change you described yeah. is what makes them also become more curious and Correct. become more aware of, of change. So I really wanted to make this point because I've heard this question so often. Um, and I've, I've had it myself. There was there were moments where I said, oh, if I do all this kind of stuff and, uh -huh. and I not know how to communicate this to my husband, how is he getting along? And he was brilliant. He, he's a saint. <laughs> so, But you're yeah. so right. I mean, there's this this kind of, uh, especially in codependency, yeah. where people are sort of standing and, and really enabling each other. If then one person suddenly stands up and says, actually, um, the other person has got two choices <laughs> or yeah. actually uh, do the same work. Now, if if you both start developing and do the same work and become stronger people, um, people who love themselves first and then love each other that is when a relationship can truly go to the next level because then it's no longer this immature leaning on each other the kind of um sometimes pathological reliance on each other and but rather that you actually say no i deal with that now and uh, maybe without you, I deal with that because I need to see a psychologist or work with a life coach or et cetera. And in my case, I, I went away for four weeks to rehab and I came back a very different man. Now, my family had no say in that. They were still nose on the grindstone. I came back to the same bullshit that was, that was happening at home. But now I had changed, completely changed. And with the, my changes, suddenly the people around me said, well, what's going on here? And that's beautiful. Yeah. So they had to change, but it was in a very positive way, I believe. And the moment you do that, it is, you, you force change upon others, which may or may not be ready to do so. So I understand that fear or that yeah. concern, having said that in those people, who have gone through similar stories and that includes most of my guests here, for example, um, virtually everyone says the same. Yeah. It's the best thing that could have happened to their relationship or to their, to their, you know, to whatever is going on in their life. Yeah. But that is, so Nicole, very good question, very good point and very good statement. I think we're both making, yeah. but sometimes you have to say that, not everything is built to last and some things were never meant to be. There's a beautiful film called uh, 28 Days and that's not a zombie films. I love them as well, but I mean, 28 Days, uh, the one with um, Sandra Bullocks and where she's playing an alcoholic and who is going into rehab. And she basically changes and it's a beautiful film to see her changes and her belief systems etc but she is in a relationship outside with someone who was very enabling to her who had who had had a party lifestyle that she had now she was changing now but the guy was coming hey i've got a bottle of champagne why don't we go out and have a bit of fun etc and she basically had to dump him she had to say i'm sorry that's no longer me and that is sometimes that's where this relationship, if you grow up, sometimes the other the other person yeah. might have to fall off. 
if you were shooting up heroin together and you suddenly get clean, well, the other person says, no, no, there's no problem with me shooting up. What do you mean? Here, have some. Yeah. Maybe not good. Um, when you I, start... I totally agree with you. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes I, I think we have this fear and, and sometimes it's, it's absolutely um, ungrounded. Mm. And sometimes I think it's it's a, it's a wake up call we all need in a way, right? Where we say, mm. no, this relationship is actually toxic. Correct. Um, and I can't um, I can't stay in this, and it's okay. It's really okay. Mm. But there is so many fears and anxieties and worries and and stuff that is that is put down hardwired in our head for 50,000, 100,000 years when we were still living in tribes. You don't want to upset others. You don't want to uh, do things that make you get thrown out of the tribe because that's a death sentence uh, at, at those times. Um, so therefore, there is this, this people pleasing. There is this intrinsic hardwired need that we need to be uh, careful what we do, what we say, etc. And that often enough, if people are not aware of that drive, that deep, deep, deep subconscious belief, then uh, there is the pitfall that you stay in a relationship far too long, yet this relationship is toxic. Yeah. And it's the last thing that you need. Yeah. And so these are all things that, that may fit to you out there, the listener, the viewer, uh, and there is no easy answer. No. There is not, there is not, oh, great, I'll do that thing, fixed. No. Um, yeah. What there is, there is a journey. And there's a journey waiting for you guys to actually go out there and, and start dealing with some of the bullshit that is happening in your life. In order to do so, you need to, have to work with the bullshit that you consciously experience those emotions. And with, in order to deal with them, you need to, to work with your core beliefs and, and with comes what drives the emotion and what makes them appear in the first instance. And that is not a two-hour seminar somewhere. That is not a quick self-help book that you're reading. <laughs> so good luck on that if you think that this is, <laughs> this is the way forward. Uh, there's nothing wrong with self-help things. I mean, that's why you are on this channel. And whilst you're here, by the way, you might as well subscribe down there, press that subscribe button um, and tell your friends that we are actually talking some really, really cool shit here, that we are actually being honest about ourselves and that we are honest and that, that there are very, very few taboos here. Most of the taboos are broken and, uh, and many of the beliefs are demystified here. So this is what we do. Um, and this is what you will do if you come onto the same journey with us. We are on the same journey as you are. We just happen to be a few, a few steps ahead, hopefully. <laughs> um, now, certainly, I'm many steps ahead of the guy that I was. Okay, yeah. so yeah. I was, I was a very weird dude. I must say, a very fucked up dude uh, in my beliefs, in the, in my emotions. I was, oh God, I, I can't, I can come up with a lot of swear words about myself, and. Uh, okay, this is not necessarily stinking thinking. This is just acknowledgement how retarded and how how bizarre I was in my belief systems. Now that I have created a new me, which took a lot of work, which took a lot of working with others, working with people who guided me and, and helped me to actually explore what was going on 
and helped me to get, to come to the breakthroughs that I got in on on in various times in my life in the last eight years. I have to say, okay, well, I've come a hell of a long way. The cool thing is there's so much more to explore. <laughs> this this brain is still very interesting. It still does amazing things. Some of them really amaze me good. And some of them, I, I have to say, you do what? What, what are you thinking? Uh, you kidding me. So there's so much work to do. And for that, I'm grateful that I still have time to get this work done. Yeah. So. Hello. Uh, how you said this one thing that I just want to add because you just said it um, is to celebrate how far you've come. Exactly. It's so important, right? It's it's really so beautiful to acknowledge at some point, wow, I actually react to this situation so much differently now. Oh. I'm this kind of personal. I'm so much more curious about myself. So that's um, the beauty in itself. It's it's worth every journey. <laughs> oh, is it not? Is it not? It is. It is. And that's great. And and I am forever grateful that I have jumped the gun and actually created this, this YouTube channel and this, this podcast, uh, because I now get to talk to people like you. And I get an hour of therapy every day I, I do an interview. And that is absolutely bloody gorgeous because you talk about these kind of things and you think, huh. And like, like with, with, with every guest, I get an aha moment at least once every every interview. So and that just shows how beautiful connection is and how beautiful it is to talk openly about something. Um, the sheer fact that you talk, sometimes your brain puts voices out of your mouth, out of words out of your mouth, and you think, what did I just say? Huh. And your ears say, you just said that. I'm pretty certain you just said that. Yeah. And then you say, huh. And that actually is then another aha moment where you think, okay, hang on, there is some more work to be done. Why did I say that? And it is, it is, you know, what is going on? So, but you can do it alone, guys. It doesn't work so well. And it's basically like you trying to really uh, break the Enigma code um, and or any kind of other build a huge supercomputer, but you have no idea how to build a computer. Yeah, you might might be able to do it, but I doubt that. Um, you would probably do a few courses on programming and how to build a computer. Um, so my suggestion is you find a tribe that helps you. And a tribe sometimes starts with one person. And, and if, if in your case, um, it, Nicole, if people sort of are, are, are listening to you, think, shit, I can, she, she makes sense. How can they find you? Where are you out there? They can find me on my webpage, NicoleKleeman.com, with a double N for all the English speakers at the end. <laughs> German way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you definitely can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I yeah. sometimes pop into Instagram, but that is um, yeah. more a, a toy for me and fun yeah. because it's a creative tool. But yeah, just reach out. Um, there's a contact form. Send me an email. Send me a text via LinkedIn. Um, yeah. All works for me. Uh, you should, you can find me if you want to. Beautiful. And the simple thing is look down there into the description of the YouTube uh, video and of the podcast in the show notes. You've got it all in there. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on to my show. This was an amazing interview. And uh, it is 
you, you opened my eyes to a number of things where I had to say, hmm. So thank you very much for, for making me look at myself. And I guess my weekend now will be, uh, will be permeated with a few thoughts of, hmm, what does that mean? Why did I say that? And that's, that's cool. That means these questions mean for me that I've got another opportunity to grow and yeah. to grow into a new person. And, and I still haven't decided who I want to be when I grow up. So <laughs> it is, you know, so I'm still working on that. Okay. <laughs> and you guys have got the same opportunity. Don't, don't take that opportunity, opportunity away from yourself. On the contrary, feel excited. Feel excited that you're uncomfortable with your life right now because it means you're ready for change. Okay. And there is hope. There is hope. There is help out there. And yes, you can do it. Guys, I believe in you. So stay strong. And Nicole, you're a gorgeous guest. Thank you very much. You may come back again, and hopefully you will in the future. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on to my show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and to all the listeners, it was a pleasure to be with you. Cool. Look after yourself. Yeah, Bye. Bye-bye.